Good evening, everybody, and welcome once again to the Irish NFL Show. Uh, I'm Mark Cockrell. I'm joined by my comrades in arms, as always, Colin Cronin and Brian O'Leary. Good evening, gents. Good evening, Mark. Uh, an interesting, I think, Thursday night football game, and delighted that uh, we have um, uh, Jets beat, beat weather to, to join us. Uh, Brian, how are you doing this evening? I'm grand, yeah, before you get the real Brian on. Yeah, this game is interesting enough tonight. Uh, Jets going to the Colts. The Colts coming off a difficult loss at the weekend to the Titans. And the Jets again shocked everybody, you know, having beaten the Titans earlier in the season to go and beat the Bengals. So it's starting to become a little bit more of an enticing game to watch later in the evening for us to side yeah. of the world. Absolutely, Brian. And look, we're brought to you, as always, in association with our partners at Trust Gaming and at Matchbook Betting Exchange. But whereas I'm a Patriot fan who is basking or luxuriating in an unexpected win last week, there were a few unexpected wins in the NFL last week. And as Brian alluded to, probably none were as unexpected as the New York Jets. And Matt White, the first New York Jet quarterback to throw for 400 yards for 21 years. We can't be joined by Michael McQuaid this evening. He's unfortunately unwell, so we're sending lots of flat seven up, up to him up in Tyrone. But we are joined by uh, a gentleman who can tell us more about the enjoyment for the Jets uh, in what has been a difficult season, obviously, thus far. And do they have a quarterback controversy now with Zach Wilson and uh, Mr. White in the circumstances? Mike White. Um, Brian Costello from the New York Post also joins us this evening. Brian, you are very welcome to join us to talk about the Thursday night football game. And we'll get on to other stories in the NFL in due course, guys, because there's been a few things one or two that have been notable. But Brian, right with the New York Post, been following the Jets for a number of years. Thank you so much for joining us on the NFL, Irish NFL show this evening. Oh, Brian, can you hear us? Don't know if Brian has... Thanks for having me, guys. I hope... There we go. Is okay. Seems like... What you... I'm having some issues here. Can you guys hear me? We got you, Brian. We got you. Um, it's like the Jets' offense. It takes a while, yeah, but it I'm gets having, there in the I'm end having. as it did last week. So it's all it's all good, man. Um, Brian, we ask every guest this. With a surname like Costello, we're assuming you've some Irish connection somewhere along the way there. Uh, any Irish heritage have you ever been yeah. on the Isle? I've never been, but I am fully Irish. Uh, both both sides of my, my mother and father's families, both from Ireland. I'm happy to be with you guys, and yeah, you guys are the only ones that call me Costello, but uh, that that that's what my my relatives, my older relatives, all say Costello. Brian, well, we we had you on last. We were discussing Robert Sala, and you know, for a lot of people, he was the 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 coach of that a lot of people wanted. Um, at the midway point of the the season, what are your impressions of the job that he's doing there? Yeah, I think the jury's still out. On Salah, um, you know, but there's been some good things after the um, 54 to 13 loss in New England and then come back and win Cincinnati. That said something. Uh, it's it's not just Salah. It's the whole coaching staff is is very young and inexperienced. He has five position coaches who are there. It's their first time as position coaches. He's got a first-time offensive coordinator. His defensive coordinator was the interim in Atlanta for a few months last year, but this is his first full-time job. So there's a lot of newness to this coaching staff, and I think they're learning on the job. Um, but you can see some positives with Sala. You can see you can see what the Jets would impress the Jets when they did the interview process, and just how good a communicator he is. Brian, last weekend that performance from Mike White came out of nowhere, and I don't know whether Jets fans and the media are jump at the gun to a certain extent because I, even your, like I saw some of the, the press conferences this week and people suggesting that he potentially could be the long-term answer to quarterback and already they're comparing to Zach Wilson and whether he, he is the right guy in the yeah. long term. I think Salah's kind of backtracked slightly from what he said earlier in the week, but is there really a competition in the long run or, or is this something that will play out inevitably with Wilson coming back in? We'll know more in about how many hours six hours right because if the guy goes out and plays great tonight then then it's a conversation you know then it's real and i think that's what Salah was doing he he didn't want to say you know there's no way this guy can be the quarterback because 
What if he goes out and tears it up against the Colts? Then, then you got to give him a chance. You got to ride the hot hand. Now, if he goes out and you know doesn't play that great tonight, Zach Wilson is going to be the quarterback when he's healthy, and that could be next week against the Bills. Uh, they're confident that Zach's going to be back in practice next week. They sound uh, a little confident that he'll play, but more more so, it sounds like they're, they're they want him to practice next week and then maybe play. But it's really going to all depend on what happens tonight in this game and how Mike White does, how, how Mike White plays in his second start. Can he keep the magic going and, and keep this quarterback? It's not quite a controversy yet, but could keep the intrigue around the quarterback position going. Uh, but if he throws for 400 yards tonight, then we got a quarterback controversy. It'll be a lot of fun in New York. Uh, absolutely. Well, I mean, his first career start, he's got his jersey in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I just saw today, uh, has been enshrined. So yeah. <laughs> it's only down from here, unfortunately, Mike. Yeah, well, a, lot, a lot of Jets fans were saying, hey, slow down. Don't put him in the Hall of Fame. You guys are acting like he and then Hall of Fame put him in the Hall of Fame. So I said, all right, see, we were right. Well, I, I mentioned on our show the other week, Willie Joe Namath, of course, is in the Hall of Fame and he's got a losing record. So, I mean, but he did have the famous <laughs> guarantee in Super Bowl three, so you can understand yeah. it. Um, but, like, Brian, it's very funny for me that this team, this Jets team, like, there's so much youth. We talked about our preseason shows and we've talked about all through this season. You've got basically a quarter of the teams made up of rookies. Half of the team, rough, give or take, is made up of players of under two years. You're going up against tonight a really tough Colts team, obviously a great running game behind Jonathan Taylor. Carson Wentz, who can be, well, we just missed Halloween, but can be trick or treat at times. Um, what are you seeing from what you know, watching these players and following them so closely? Who are you seeing as maybe the unsung heroes that are starting to emerge and have the potential of breaking out and being the pillars for the Jets going forward? I, I don't know how unsung he is after Sunday, but Michael Carter, the running back, had a really huge game, um, nine catches. Mike White taking the checkdowns a lot. And he, um, you know, the 405 yards that Mike White had were a lot of it was yards after catch by Michael Carter. You know, it wasn't like he was throwing the ball down the field. Mike White didn't throw one pass of over 20 yards uh, in the air. It was all checkdowns. And Michael Carter really got a lot of tough yards. So I think he's one that's uh, that's really showing what he can do. Elijah Vera Tucker, the left guard, he got off to a really uh, kind of a rocky, Start, but I think I'm back in. Brian, I don't know if you can hear us, but we're it's not just uh, some of the Jets team had a rocky start, we're having a bit of a rocky start. Three, with, week uh, four. There we are. Sorry, been very good. Brian, I don't know if you can hear us. We're having a bit of a rocky start with your internet there in terms of... Um, uh, Michael Carter, the, the corner. Gone again. Well, you can understand, Jets. I mean, gents, I mean, the, uh, the you know, it's choppy in New York. It's not necessarily it's, always... It could happen. be an indie. It could be an indie there now. He could, he's actually probably in Indianapolis. That's true, obviously, for following the game tonight. So can't get perfect <laughs> Wi-Fi everywhere. The comment from one of our listeners and viewers who often comments in, it's just said, ouch, this is like the New York Giants offense, which I think relates to the... <laughs> I think it, would, I, the uh, it wouldn't be a show if Fred isn't coming after me with a comment about this Giants team. Absolutely. <laughs> Brian, I, I'm fascinated by this Jets team because the two teams that they've beaten are, you know, two high-flying teams, the the, the, the Titans and, and obviously the Bengals. And one of the, the things that was so impressive in the Titans' victory was the ability to, to get to the quarterback. And even before, in the build-up to last week's game, when most people, you know, weren't giving the Jets much of a chance, everyone was talking about the ability to get to, to the quarterback. How impressed have you been by by the Jets and that defensive line? Yeah, it's been good. Uh, you know, they they didn't have a great game against the Patriots. Nobody in the Jets really had a good game that day, and that that really hurt them. But that's been the strength of the team, really, and kind of been a surprise because we we talked about Carl Lawson all offseason. That was the big money the Jets spent, and 
then he got hurt in training camp and they lost him. And we were, we thought, okay, that might be the end of the pass rush, but they've gotten a lot of on Franklin Myers, Quinn Williams, obviously we expected to, to have a big season and he has been good. Uh, Foley Fadakasi up there. Jack Lawson had the interception last week. Sheldon Rankins had a big sack in the fourth quarter. So yeah, if you had to identify one position group, that's been the strength of this team, it's definitely been the defensive line. Brian, what's your thoughts on the Colts ahead of this game? Because they're such an up and down team this season. I mean, they started off poorly, seemed to be getting it back together. And then last weekend, obviously, it was always going to be a difficult game within the division. People that had written them off being three games behind, but now with Derrick Henry gone, now people are saying potentially that could change the division again. And if they went on a run, you know, they're so up and down and inconsistent. Do you see the Jets having, that, having a real opportunity tonight to win this game? Things would be tough. Um, I think the Colts are a desperate team. I think they they look at this as okay. Jets are coming in here with a backup quarterback. Colts are three and five. Uh, they need this win, right? If they lose this one, it's it's pretty much over at three and six for them. Uh, even with Derrick Henry out, so they need to win this. I think they play the Jaguars next week. So yeah. I think they're probably looking at this and going, "All right, we win these two games, we get to five hundred, then we see what happens." Um, you know, after that, so. Uh, I think it's going to be tough. I, I think the Jets will play them close. So I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I, I do think the Colts will end up game. I just think they need it. Um, and they're, they're probably a better team than the Jets overall talent-wise. And uh, I, I like, you know, a, a desperate team with more – like the Bengals last week were not a desperate team, right? They're more talented than the Jets, but they were kind of riding high off of beating the Ravens, and the Jets could catch them. The Colts could be on their game, I think. After losing to Tennessee on Sunday. Absolutely. And Brian, look, in the AFC East, everyone Sorry, still looks no, right. uh, in the AFC East, obviously the Jets and everyone's still looking up the Bills, like many teams looked up the Patriots in years gone by, but they're the class act in that uh, division, obviously, still, and uh, well on their way, not only the division but obviously to fight them for the top seeds in the AFC going into the postseason obviously because you've seen a lot of the intra-division games and everything what's your thoughts on how and what the Jets need to do to improve in relation to that and your takeaway and view on the Bills and their opportunity obviously in the AFC this year yeah I haven't seen a lot of the Bills actually because the Jets haven't played them yet the Jets play them next week so I'll probably look a little bit closer to them I feel like they haven't been on prime time much so far either because that's usually when I see the other teams um, but you know, the Jets, the Jets are way behind right now, the Bills, and they're probably behind the Patriots too. And I thought if you asked me at the beginning of the year, I would have said the Dolphins. The Dolphins, I don't know what to make of them right now. Um, and where they're where they're gonna go after this season. You know, do they get the Deshaun Watson trade done in the offseason or something? But um, yeah, I mean it really rests on Zach Wilson, guys, and what what this how much better does he become? Can he can he be the guy that they fought drafted number two? And can they, they, you know, can he be close to Josh Allen and help them there? And the Jets have a lot of work this offseason. Um, you know, they got a lot of money to spend. They've got nine draft picks now, and, I've, and all of those are in the first five rounds. They have two first round picks, two second round picks. So this is really going to be a big offseason for Joe Douglas to get this team really closer to the bills and, 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 you know, starting to contend again. It's been a long time since the Jets, Jets have been a contender and fans are out of patience. They, they are, they are, they've lost their patience a long time ago. So uh, it's going to be up to them to close the gap uh, this off season. And, and Brian, having a look at the bills, a bit of an advanced scouting homework for you then to figure out for the two. Yes. Yeah, I, I know they're good. I know they're good, but um yeah, I haven't watched them them much yet, and it seemed like they they were kind of finding their way. And uh, I, I saw the score last week was a kind of an ugly game against the Dolphins. Um, so I'm interested to see what they do if they take the Jaguars this week and blow them out, or if they struggle again with a lesser team. Brian, just finally before we let you go, uh, a score prediction for the game tonight. He really doesn't want to give the score prediction, Carlo. Sure. sure. I went Colts 24, Jets 
That sounds like a close game. He's picking. Brian, you're breaking up on us, unfortunately. So we heard the Colts 24 and the Jets 20-something. You left us in suspense. So we can interpret based on that, whichever way the game goes tonight, you can be the winner because we you either said 28 or 21. But I think the Colts are going to find a way. To win this. Good stuff. Look, Brian, I know you're having trouble with the internet there, but thank you ever so much for joining us yet again on the Irish NFL show. Uh, Brian Coslo, New York Post, there. You can find him on Twitter right. at Brian Cos, C O Z. Uh, we really appreciate you joining us, Brian. And we're assuming you're in Indy for the game, and we're going to blame Indianapolis Wi Fi for uh, ever more of letting you down. But we appreciate you joining us live here tonight in advance of the game. See you later, Brian. Take care. Gents, um, poor Brian. I mean, uh, it's usually Brian O'Leary's internet that's given us problems, but yeah, Brian Costello's yeah. was uh, giving us a bit of difficulty that time. But um, very seriously, guys, you know, we'll come back to this game. Uh, Owen Farrell's asking about my son that's here. He's joining the show today as well, so uh, we get a bit of background noise. Don't hear from Brian Costello, <laughs> but hear from my, my youngster. But the... The reality is this has been a weird week in the NFL, to say the least. I mean, we've had a wide receiver who's now a felony convict who's been released. Uh, with, with, sorry, he's been released from his team, uh, is likely to possibly see serious jail time. And he's only, and, and sorry, and obviously in which sadly is somebody lost their life. He's only probably the third biggest or second biggest story in the NFL this week. We're talking about OBJ's dad around the, Jeff, the draft weekend. But Colm... There was some story in the NFL this week. I might have missed it. It was so low-key and quiet over the last couple of days. Just might have fallen below the radar. Yes, I think, Mark, what you're referring to is the story coming out of Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers and the fact that Aaron Rodgers will not be playing in the game uh, this e or on, on Sunday against the, the Chiefs due to... Um, COVID and whether uh, uh, he was vaccinated or unvaccinated or immunized or whatever it was that uh, he he was saying, it's uh, it's become quite the story. Um, and I think the reaction to it has been quite telling. Um, I think Andrew Brandt, who is usually the voice of reason, I would say in the league, has been very much on the Aaron Rodgers. Um, train and uh you know says aaron will explain what he meant and why he said immunized and and all that sort of thing but i think it is quite telling that um he he said um he was immunized he also said he understood players who weren't getting vaccinated but he didn't put himself in that category um it might be to do with the fact that um carson wentz and others had kind of taken such a kicking. But in fairness, you would have to say to Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz, at least they stood over their decision. So it is it is a big mess. Um, I would say that um, given he's the golden goose, given that we, we see what the NFL tends to do when it can ignore a situation when it wants to, um, I, I would be surprised if we were to see action taken against Rogers. Colin, to Colin's point about the NFL ignoring it, what's come out today is that by all accounts, the NFL are aware of it from day one that he wasn't vaccinated. And I imagine with the scrutiny around the vaccine and COVID-19 and all the protocols they put in place, it's hard to believe that they didn't know. I'm sure every, I'm sure each team is having to submit some kind of documentation weekly in terms of who's vaccinated and who's not. Um, I read that the, the max he can get fine is 18 grand for every protocol which he's broken. Now, if the protocols are be broken on, on a daily basis, um, I'm sure at the end of the day, financially, it means nothing to Aaron Rodgers. And then yesterday's press conference with the head coach was, was very interesting because he says, yeah, all the protocols are met within the bounds of what I can control. But when he comes into press conferences or a player comes into a press conference and he's not wearing his mask, I can't control that. I find that a bit far-fetched, I think. The head coach yesterday was kind of left in a situation where he had to clean up someone else's mess, and it's not for the, it's not the first time that uh, 
Aaron Rodgers has caused controversy, shall we say. But this one's an unusual one. I don't know where we're going to end up with this one. Where the Packers are going to end up, really, is the fact that they're probably not likely to may not win this game on Sunday. Um, and maybe that's a bit of a stretch to say that because they've still got a good team. But the reality is, if they lose it, they're out at number one seed. He can't report back until Saturday week. And I know he's a great player, but the reality is he won't have any preparation done properly with the team ahead of the game on Sunday week. Which I can't recall who they're playing on Sunday week, but I'm sure it's still a tough game. So... From a self, from a team point of view, I think it's quite selfish. What happens if this comes around in the playoffs, and we have a similar scenario? I'm not suggesting it's the Packers. It could happen again with another team, the Baltimore Ravens, who we know Lamar Jackson's not vaccinated. They lose a quarterback in the playoffs. I thought for a guy who wanted to win a Super Bowl, he would have been putting team force and doing everything he can in his power to make sure the team wins, and that includes get vaccinated. But obviously not. I mean, we, we talked about it in the preseason, and I think, Colin, you were quite adamant about people like Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz. It was like, you know, I want to do anything to help the team win. Well, if you want to help do anything, you get vaccinated. And it wasn't obviously just you. A lot of people were saying that, especially about the quarterback position. You're supposed to be the leader. You're supposed to be the captain. You're supposed to set the example. I've commented before, unfortunately for me, Aaron Rodgers has demonstrated time and time again he's not a proper leader of men. Um, he blames everyone but himself for every single issue. And I don't think that you can trust a leader like that if you're just convinced that, well, if it goes wrong, it's going to be everyone else's fault but Aaron's. Um, unfortunately, this is one, Aaron. This is 100% your fault, uh, your creation. And this nonsense around immunization and mislead. I mean, frankly, he knows what he was doing. That was deliberately misleading. The idea that he's gone to the NFL and said, oh, I've had homeopathy and I've got increased antibodies. Like he's some kind of superhuman or I don't know, grand thetan who is unable, therefore, to contract COVID. I mean, very honestly, guys, if Donald Trump had come out with this, we would all be going, oh, yeah, well, we kind of expected that. Um, so Aaron Rodgers' like, brand uh, reputation has to be affected and sullied by this but i mean we've seen this from him in the past it doesn't go as reported as much as everyone likes to give out about other quarterbacks uh, foibles but like you know he's stated his belief in ufos he's espoused a number of conspiracy theories he claims to be uh well read and educated um but uh yeah facts maybe tell a different story and if you think i'm being unfair maybe i'm being a little unfair he's gonna suffer the, the trial by media in this regard in many respects but yeah, Andrew Brandon, who I think a lot of us, Colin, you called out, I mean, stop making excuses for him. He screwed up. He's let his team down and he's created a situation which causes big issues and questions for Green Bay, not just now, but for the rest of the season. They're going to be asked about this. He's going to be interrogated this constantly. His teammates are going to be interrogated about this constantly. So um, it is a massive uh, piece of news. And obviously, and yeah, anytime you don't have your starting quarterback, um, tends to be kind of important. Brian? Well, another thing that I picked up on was the fact that you, you may or may not have seen the photographs on social over, the, over the, the weekend where he was attending Halloween parties and he was dressed up in whatever outfit he was dressed up in. And people have suggested he grew his hair to that length so he could fit, be that character at that, at that event at the weekend. But again, he's not vaccinated and he's going to events indoors. I know it's a different country, different rules to a certain extent, but Again, it's just a lack of a lack of care for anybody else who you know who potentially could get it yeah. and you know have other people impacted within the family. But we're going to far-reaching stories yeah. now. But just just a couple of very quick points, which I think are interesting. There was a lot of debate about the fact that Rogers also wasn't wearing a face mask at um, press conferences and talk about Carson Wentz. Stephen Holder um, has come out to say that Wentz always wears uh, a face mask indoors, which um, and he has been to 99.5% of the press conferences. Uh, two, uh, Tom Brady rightly said at the start of the, the before the season began, COVID would be a bigger issue this year than it was last year. Um, and we're seeing that kind of play out across, across the league. Um, but whatever else about Aaron Rodgers, and yes, you can question maybe the leadership and the decision-making, he is and remains a ridiculously talented quarterback. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And that's part of the, the inevitable quandary when it comes to Aaron Rodgers in the in various times. Fred's coming there. Is he trying to be Tom Brady too with the BS stuff? I mean, yeah, I mean, Brady gets blasted for the TV 12 stuff and the questionable science with Eric Guerrero there. 
um, quite rightly. So Rogers should be subjected to the same scrutiny in terms of some of his questionable activities, viewpoints and opinions on matters to the same level. That's uh, all I'm just saying whilst I wear my vintage Rob Gronkowski jersey, yes. Um, that being said, gents, you know, it's not all about Aaron Rodgers, um, even though he would like it to be. I mentioned the very sad news, obviously, related to Henry Ruggs III is now being cut by the Raiders, uh, involved in an accident which seems to involve an excessive amount of speed and drinking under the influence. But, of course, he is on trial and has the presumption of innocence at the moment, in which a lady of 23 died and lost his life, uh, lost her life in a collision. Um, you know, thoughts and prayers obviously go out to her family and friends, and that's a far bigger issue than what has happened or might happen to a football player in this particular regard. But to move and to keep on something that is purely football, well, kind of football, Brian, your old friend, Odell Beckham Jr. There's a bit of rumours that he might get traded, and he didn't get traded, but his dad tried his best. Yeah, his dad must be very well clued in on the on the world of YouTube, which I feel I'm quite surprised he had all the gear there, and I, I believe he's doing his own podcast now, not that he needs the money, but um, it's, look, I don't believe his father's behind that, I think that's, it's a ploy by Odell Beckham and his father is the one in the back doing the kind of shout now from the reality is he's not happy he's not getting the ball um the browns team are a problem the offense is a problem baker mayfield is a problem um they're suggesting early in the week that they don't get on but i think the real but then they're kind of pushing back and they say they do get on they just don't get on in the field because they can't they're never in sync with one another and odell beckham's time is coming to an end there whether it's now or whether it's the end of the season they didn't get traded because someone doesn't want to be on, on off the hook on the hook for 16 million which is the, which is what's left but the reality is for the browns they're gonna to have to pay it now anyway so why keep a player around who's just going to continue to cause problems haven't been seen it in new york with the joints you know it's never ending so i think i think what's going to come in this is he will probably end up getting released and there's already talk of the raiders and potentially the saints going in for him and the browns will continue to pay the, the salary similar to what's happened with von miller's in terms of the broncos are on the hook for the for the remainder of the contract but Look, he's there. Why are you going to continue to pay him 16 million and continue to have the problem? I think he's going to inevitably he'll be released. He's not there at the moment. He's away from football facilities for non-related injuries. So we know what that's about. He's just causing too much trouble. Stefanski doesn't want him around. Um, I wouldn't say he's a busted flush at this stage, but he will get an opportunity. But I mean, he, he got drafted eight years ago. It's hard to believe, you know, eight years ago now. But things um, things aren't going well. It seems it seems like longer in some respects, and yeah, it's it does. Been, yeah, it does. It's been a, it's been a journey ever since. Obviously, was he Sorry, Mike, he's never been he's never been the same player coming back after ACL injury. No, but was it his rookie season? He had the one-handed catch that Luke Collinsworth minds, or was it his second year? Was that was his first year. It was his first year. So I mean, that's when he exploded into everyone's consciousness, and it, you know, seems November, like November two thousand fourteen, actually. I, I knew of anybody that would know that. I mean, he probably would have the minute, day, and hour if I asked him necessarily. But yes, uh, definitely. Go there. I can go there. Definitely fantastic Look, gents, uh, we'll move on. Um, you know, it's funny. The NFL has so many different strands to it. We have, you know, obviously the games themselves, the intrigue, and the 24 7, 365 day media cycle, and so many aspects. The excitement around drafts, the excitement around different aspects, the excitement around then ancillary aspects like fantasy football and other aspects. And we've talked about it and we obviously had a fantastic giveaway earlier this season in relation to computer games, which relate to football. The big daddy of them all being Madden, of course. And so the gaming aspect even of American football continues to grow and evolve and indeed is a gateway, especially for a number of fans in Europe. In We, we, we've lost, Mark. He was doing it with the Indianapolis boy for you. Do you, you want to introduce our next guest, Brian? Uh, well, I think you're, he was about to come in. Darren Darren Gibson is here. Maybe Darren will give us... Will take, oh, he's even wearing the jersey. Hey, guys. Uh, <laughs> right on cue, Darren. Yeah, well, look, it's, first of all, happy to be here. And I think what he was just kind of talking about was the whole idea that there's this growing relationship between esports in Ireland and I think even NFL in general because one thing you'll kind of find with most 
gamers, most people who game is they stay up a little bit later. When you stay up a little bit later, you start to get different interests. You're watching TV at different times. And I've noticed this trend in Ireland of people getting into gaming more and people getting into NFL more. For so much, they start off getting Madden. They might get it for free on PSN. They might get it as a gift. And then they kind of move from the gaming side of things into watching NFL full time. And I think that happens a lot. It happens kids with, you know, you know, regular football. It happens kids with GAA. But I think with the way things are going, we're going to see this even more and more. Even with the fact there's multiple NFL players right now that stream that game. And I know a couple of friends of mine who actually play Madden with NFL players. They're in the same Discord chats. So it's it's kind of cool, but... I suppose I'm here to talk for Gamerstore.ie, so I'll, I'll talk a little bit about them. Uh, Gamerstore.ie is Ireland's first ever content creator platform. It's a pathway for Irish streamers, content creators, TikTokers, Instagrams, any, Instagrammers, anything that falls under that category to kind of network together and help them grow and kind of expand the idea of it as, as a career. You know, gaming and streaming, it's, it's a career now, and some people might have you know, questions as to how that's thing, but it's the way things are going. And obviously, Gamerstore.ie are sponsored by Trust Gaming, and we've got that lovely logo down in the bottom corner yourself. They've uh, done a lot for you guys in the past as well, and I think they're another company that's really, really good for, you know, people getting into this area, looking for microphones, headsets, keyboards, mice, anything really, I suppose. Well, just on that, because obviously over the past few weeks, we've been running a very good comp- competition, a really enticing competition. It was a gaming chair, a headset, and a Game Pass subscription. And with you here, we want to, we're obviously keen to announce the winner. He may not be watching the show tonight, but we'll, we'll be following up with him thereafter. And the winner is Alan Stafford, who has a very unusual so, uh, Twitter handle, at Cabbage092. <laughs> so... Um, Hopefully he'll be eating cabbage when he's sitting in his new gamer chair <laughs> and uh, with the headsets on and, and watching NFL Game Pass as well. So he's you not, know, it was a fantastic prize. He's not um, related to Matthew, is he? I don't, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know how much cabbage they, they eat in, in Dallas. <laughs> I heard Von Miller talk about uh, how excited he was to have uh, another Texas boy, given that uh, he's just gone to, to the Rams. And congratulations, obviously, to Alan. But Darren, I suppose just for, for yourself, um, in terms of how you got into the, the sport and ended up a, a fan of the Giants. Right. This is actually a pretty interesting story. Uh, there's a couple of layers to it, right? But when I was, I'd say I was about nine or 10 years old and staying up late, you know, mom and dad, no, they had no clue, you know, turn on TV, it's two in the morning and for, I think Sky Sports was on from earlier in the day. And what was on but the 2004 NFL draft? And I was like, you know what? I'll watch this nine years old and first kind of... <laughs> First thing I see is Eli Manning getting drafted and going to the Chargers first overall and then getting traded almost instantly, the New York Giants. And I had cousins in New York. I was kind of like, do you know what? I, I'm interested. So the New York Giants kind of stuck in my head. Obviously, at nine years old, it's too young to become a fan of a team of a sport that you've never really watched before. But a, maybe two or three years later, then I was watching... Uh, a game on Channel 4. This is back when Channel 4 used to show NFL games. And it was the year the Giants won the Super Bowl, but it wasn't the Super Bowl. It was a game they actually lost to the Cowboys, but it was the Giants again. And I just kept watching this Manning, you know, Manning with his little face that he always holds, getting hit over and over and over again and just getting back up. And I was like, you know what? That's it. Giants are my team. And surely enough, a couple of games down the road, they go ahead and win a Super Bowl. And couple of years later they went and got another one and here's me thinking you know what this has been a great this has been a great choice a team to support god was i wrong (laughs) you're not not wrong since 2015 it's just been disaster after disaster and i feel bad because i'm i'm eli manning camp all day wrong long i will go to the hilt about him being a hall of famer but as a Giants fan, the organization treated him horrifically. 
And you spoke about Odell Beckham earlier, and you were talking about how he's performing in Cleveland. How much of Beckham was on the style of football that Manning played? You know, the slants, the short passes, checking at the line of scrimmage, getting the ball into his hands early. Odell has had a habit of dropping deep passes. So do you think that, you know, you even see it with Saquon Barkley prior to the injuries, he had a huge drop off in numbers whenever Eli Manning retired. Once again, Daniel Jones came in, different style of quarterback. You have to kind of think to yourself, is the reason some of these players play in the way they were due to the way that Eli Manning played quarterback? Or was it due to them being supremely talented? Or was it a mix of both? I think Beckham has a lot to thank Eli Manning for. Manning has a lot to thank Beckham for because he turned a lot of three-yard passes into you know, 20, 25-plus-yard passes. But it's it's been a tough... I think for New York football fans in general, it's tough right now. You know, we're basically the Cleveland of football this last two to three years. It's been tough. It's been oh. definitely... Sorry, Mark. I'm just going to ask Darren... Don't want to get too into a Giants conversation, but where we are at this stage of the season with no more wins coming down the line, well, we might win a couple of more games, but do you think we'll blow it up again? Well, blow it up in terms of the general manager and the head coach. I think general manager change, yes. I think Joe Judge probably deserves a little bit more time. He's got a real authoritarian appearance when he talks to the media and when you see him interacting with the players. He seems like a manager that is built for New York. He, you know, he won't take anything from anybody. But I think maybe it's time to bring in a new general manager and maybe it's time to bring in a general manager that hasn't been sacked somewhere else. I think that's yeah. a trend that the Giants have had. Like, You know, people will argue whether or not Gettleman's been a great general manager for the Giants. He's brought in some good talent. There's no denying that. Some of the moves that he's made on the defensive line have been fantastic. Some of the... the moves that he's made in free agency have been pretty good but there's been some strange moves as well you know you got to think about when we had Barkley uh, bringing in uh, the running back from the Panthers to play what four snaps over the course of the season four or five snaps on was it Stewart on a couple of a million yeah Yeah. Stewart was brought in he never gave him any action whatsoever you know there was an he was brought in on decent money like he wasn't brought in on a on a bum contract he was given money that kind of reflected the the work that he had done in his career and then you kind of look at the offensive line he promised on day one that he was going to strengthen that offensive line but you'd nearly argue it's probably worse now than it was when he came in like nate solder i know you know yourself being with your gronk jersey in the corner you play a lot of love for Nate Solder and what he able, was able to do in New England for all those years, but he, he just hasn't seemed... There's been no moves that I've been happy with, and any offensive lineman that's come in for the Giants who's done well has gone down to injury. It's just... Darren, Darren, Darren I'm going to interrupt, Ryan, because I, I, unfortunately, I lost internet just when I was introducing you, and I was going to apologise <laughs> for kind of like... It wasn't like an evil attempt to try and avoid you, but now I join back and I've joined the Giants podcast and I'm kind of like, oh, Jesus Christ, what, 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 what suddenly <laughs> happened to the show? I, you, you're worried about the quality of football in New York. Don't worry. New York is getting great football. Look, the Bills are AFC uh, potentials. New Jersey, screwed. you got two bad yeah. teams in New Jersey. But, you know, that's a, that's a different matter altogether. Well, what I was going to say on the Nate Solder thing was, and it's not so much Solder, and Mark will probably agree on this, we've seen players that – do really are really effective on the offensive line for the Patriots. Then they they chase the money in free agency, and they're not the player. They're not the same player again. It's more so the scheme that they're playing for with the Patriots that makes them do really well. Where's the player that went to the Raiders, Mark Brown? Is it? The, uh, Trent Brown went to the Raiders, and then we came back. Carl Van Noy two seasons ago, fifty-six million, I think he got from the Dolphins in the free agency, cut after one year by Flores. He's back with the Patriots. It they haven't. Jamie Collins has done twice, so it does happen from time to time. I'd love to say there's a secret sauce, but I think Belichick is willing to give those players that will do what he wants, do your job uh, a little bit more time. Um, in fact, there's one thing as a kind of a, a you know, an alert to everyone I should have called out at the start. It's a very big week here on the Irish NFL show. We obviously have our usual shows tonight, uh, Sunday, and obviously for Monday Night Football, but we have a particular special 
this week going out tomorrow night at 10 o'clock with a man who actually knows a lot more about Do Your Job and tells a great story about Bill Parcell's uh, interpretation of Do Your Job. Uh, a guy who's an NFL executive for 27 years, won multiple Super Bowls alongside Bill Belichick, uh, former GM of the Kansas City Chiefs, Scott Pioli, uh, joins us for a chat uh, exclusively with the Irish NFL show tomorrow night. So just for those watching, don't miss that. Um, it was actually uh, you know, really great guy, really um, uh, good person to talk to, and obviously such a fantastic experience in the NFL. Never worked for the Giants, guys. Never work for the Giants. Did go and visit the Giants when he was in college, when he struck up a friendship with Belichick, actually. But, no, nah, no. Nah, he doesn't, we, you know. Back, back. Are, you, are you suggesting something, Murphy? I, I'm, I'm, he is from New York, that's right, yeah. He is from New York, but yeah. The, um, oh my never... God, this is the this is the AFC East podcast. <laughs> I, I, all, it, all it took was was like the, the Patriots to to win at the weekend for Mark to suddenly get chirpy again. <laughs> uh, you know where uh, you're all chasing the Bills, boys. Ah, <laughs> uh, but Colin, Colin, absolutely. But on this pod, we bear in mind have Broncos, Giants, and uh, and Patriots supported and everything. I've been top of the pile for the last eight years still in team records, including last year. So, I mean, I'm, I'm quite happy still. It's all, it's all good. We're at 500. Woohoo. Excitement times. <laughs> what can I say? What can I say? Um, Darren, I'm sure the boys covered it while I was gone, and I apologize. But, I mean, I was going to give you the big lead in talking about Madden, talking about gaming and things like that. I mean, what's your views on kind of how – and I know you, you obviously have a wider range of gaming, the gaming leagues that are playing are – obviously a lot on FPS games and things like that, but there is a lot of interest. There are gaming conventions from time to time around Madden, around bringing in fans through that mechanism. And what are you seeing about that, like in Ireland and around Europe as well, generally? Yeah, well, even in Ireland during lockdown, there was a couple of tournaments hosted on Madden between all of the Irish teams. So I'm sure you've, you've spoken about it many times before. You've had guests on from teams from inside the AFL, but there's been, there's been tournaments there. It's just another way to kind of, connect in people who have a love for Madden and the NFL. Not only that, but it brings in new viewers. People watching Twitch from they'll they go they kind of follow the whole wait, that's an Irish Madden league? And then they go, wait, there's Irish American football teams. And then they're kinda their kind of interest is peaked and then some of them even go on to join teams. So like I said, there's definitely is a path between game and Madden and becoming a fan of the NFL and it's become stronger and stronger as the maybe the, maybe the last three or four years I've noticed the real pick up on it even so far as when you go into any you know shop like an Argos uh, Tesco you'll see Madden on the shelf now but when I was younger you you know if you wanted Madden you had to like specially request it you had to go and reach out to you know you had to almost order it in so it's shown that it's become a bigger thing here in Ireland. And I think it's kind of grown in hand with gaming. So with Twitch, with the amount of gamers we have on GamerStore.e and streamers, there's a nice little opportunity there down the line to host more tournaments to get even more people involved. And like I said, there's people who've played Madden who've never, who've never watched the NFL before and they're starting to get an interest in it. I love Fred's comment there. Like, he's right. Bo Jackson was the cheat code in that game, but still, yeah, sorry. Absolutely. Um, but I suppose, Darren, it would be remiss of us uh, ha to have you on and, and not ask about, like, your your thoughts kind of on the, the season to, to date, anything that stood out, and who do you think uh, is headed to, to the Super Bowl? Oh, good question. I am loving most of the teams on the West Coast right now. I can't get enough of watching the teams in LA. You know, Matthew Stafford at the Rams and Herbert at the Chargers, they're just so fun to watch. I think people are kind of realizing now, maybe who wouldn't have watched a lot of Detroit, how good of a quarterback Stafford actually is now that he's got a team. Because let's be real, you see what the Lions are like without him. He is a phenomenal quarterback. And when you look at the team that is being built around him, especially with Vaughn Miller coming in now too. Like, how how's an offensive line going to handle Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller? Like, I think it's going to be hard to look past the Rams 
making it to the Super Bowl. And the reason why I think they'll probably get there ahead of, say, the Packers is when you look at the game this weekend that you spoke about earlier about Aaron Rodgers is not going to be playing in, it could go down in his legacy that he's the reason why they didn't get that game at Lambeau. You know, they didn't get that NFC number one seed. And say what you like, nobody wants to go to Green Bay in November, December time and January. So I think because of that alone, we'll probably see the Rams making making it to the Super Bowl again. Tampa Bay, they as much of a Superman as Tom Brady is, because let's be real, he is... As a Giants fan, I'll happily say he's the greatest of all time. But there's just something not right with Tampa Bay this year compared to last year. They look they look human compared to last year. And obviously with what's going on with the Saints, with losing your quarterback there, it's, it's going to be tough for them to make a run at the playoffs now too. So I'm going to say Rams against... Ooh, the AFC's tighter. It's it's a lot tougher to make a prediction in the AFC. I, I'm I'm going to say Bills. I'm going to go through it. I, I think that with Josh Allen, a quarterback, I think the Bills could make a run at getting to the Super Bowl. I, I, th- I think people would like to see a Bills-Rams Super Bowl. Well, Darren, we're going we're gonna to remind you of this in a few months' time. We'll see how close you got to in <laughs> relation to it. And look, I'm just going to say... You, you're going with the Rams, but like, bear in mind, Aaron Rodgers has been immunized against Aaron Donald and Von Miller. So, you know, who, who, who knows there? Who knows? Um, Darren, you're very good to join us this evening. I just want one word from you before you go, though. Tonight's game, Thursday night football, Colts v. Jets. Who you got? You know what? Everyone's going to go for the Colts, uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put money on White, you know, showing some magic again tonight. Be nice to see the Jets give it a go. I'm going to say once a field goal game, it'll be a field goal game. Uh, and I think it'll be, I'm going to go for 24-21 to the Jets. Love it. Love it. Darren, thank you so much for joining us tonight on the Irish NFL show uh, on our Thursday night football show. Really appreciate it. We'll have you on again. Even if you're going to talk about the Giants, we'll still have you on again. <laughs> Thanks very much, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. See you all Thanks, later. Darren. Take care. Thanks, Darren. And gents, look, I mean, let's continue the theme on that, like, you know, on the game tonight. Um, So Darren's going with uh, the Jets. Um, Let's turn our attention to that game. Um, Who you got? Who are you feeling in in relation to the game tonight? Obviously, he feels that uh, Mike White continues to be a mix of David Copperfield, David Blaine and Siegfried and Roy. But Colm, are you convinced that he is the magic man? Um, I, I'm yet to be convinced. Um, I, I think he had a, a great game, a, like a phenomenal game at the, the weekend, obviously. But I think the Bengals were a little bit complacent. I think they, they got into a position where they were kind of convinced that they were going to win. And they they let their guard down a little bit. And you, you cannot do that. The, the gap between teams, uh, we might feel that it's enormous at times. But teams, you know, play uh, very, very um, tough in in this. And clearly a Jets team that's playing for um, Robert Salah. So I I think the Jets will be be gamey. But ultimately, the Jets are going to play, but the Colts have to win. Uh, So if the Colts don't win, the season is over. And I think that they, they, they should have enough. I mean... Ultimately, I, I think they could have and, and possibly should have beaten the the Titans. Um, Car- Carson Wentz just went, you know, had an, an awful end to to the game. I the the pick in overtime was just an awful throw, but we've seen him bounce back before. Um, they have Jonathan Taylor. I I think that ultimately when push comes to to shove, um, you will see um, the Colts do do enough tonight, and I think that they their defense is, is very solid. I think Frank Reich is is will have them up for it, and I think the the Colts will 
win, um, which will keep their season alive for right now. And I think the happiest people uh, about the situation will be the Eagles, because if the Colts win and they keep their season alive, um, they're on course for another first round pick, which uh, will please them mightily. So I'm going to go Colts. Uh, I, I don't expect it to, to be a blowout. I don't think it will be uh, the four, like a 41 point win like the Patriots had. But I am going to go Coles for this one. An interesting point that Brian, uh, the other Brian uh, from New York earlier on in the show said was the fact around how did he, uh, White didn't throw for a throw more than 20 yards last week. Predominantly, most of the yards came with yaks, as they like to call them, yards after catch. So it was quite a conservative um, play calling last week. But there's nothing wrong with that because they said that was that, that was the approach in which they were taking because they felt the players that could still affect the, the game in terms of going at the Bengals. But again, I'm kind of with Colm on this. I think the Colts have played reasonably well of late. You know, they went into San Fran a couple of weeks ago and won. And Wentz have been playing well. And I think he played reasonably well last week. But unfortunately for him, those interceptions have kind of masked, which, which was a reasonably good performance until late, late in the fourth quarter when he threw that interception in the end zone. And obviously what happened in overtime. They're, they're putting up good points. They've got players playing really well. I mean, Pittman, the second round pick last year, is starting to come into his own with, with uh, Hilton now and uh, Pascal's playing well. Uh, Doyle, tight end. They've got players there that can make an impact. So for me, I think, similar enough, I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I think they'll have more than enough to win the game. So, yeah, it's cold for me. Um, Brian from New York also had another good point when he said, dip, 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 yeah, um, on, on the old internet. As I have my own problems as well. I know. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> come on. I'd like. I just had to say it anyway, even though I'm all equally had, had challenges. So, um, still a good line. <laughs> no, that's Colin messing about to knock me off. So that's the I thought you were gone again. Um, you deserve that. Yeah, I did deserve it. The reality is for me on this, um, look, the Colts last year, um, so last uh, week, they threw that game away. And because they threw it away so badly, they've probably thrown away the AFC South. Um, even with Derrick Henry's injury, the Jimmy, bear in mind, the the um, Titans still have to play teams like the Texans and the Jags three more times because they're in their division. So there's a number of wins they can pick up. And I was looking at the Colts really now because they don't have the tiebreaker. have to get to 11 wins probably to take the AFC South. So there is no opportunity for slip-ups. But when they come against the Bills and the Chiefs coming up, I think there's going to be a couple more losses, which will ultimately derail their chances and hopes in that regard. But they are, as we've seen, a really good team at times. Obviously, the first half against Baltimore, not so much the second half, and some of what they've been doing on their winning streak. We haven't mentioned very much Jonathan Taylor, who will likely be the career, the uh, this season's rushing leader now with Derrick Henry's very sad season-ending injury. Um, uh, and he's obviously been a real spark in their game. And Carson Wentz has mostly been trick ra a treat rather than trick which is obviously good to see and jets fans look rejoice it was a great win you've got to enjoy them you've got to enjoy them when they come along we were damning about the team we were damning about them before the titans game those exceptional and strange and unusual wins have to be enjoyed as we all enjoy when our team wins but ultimately it's the hope that kills you and i think there's just that little glimmer of hope that's making them believe and tonight unfortunately like Dracula closing the door in his coffin, they're going to shut that hope and extinguish the light back out of their season. Um, the Colts, for me, will just have way too much, notwithstanding what kind of insanity is going on with Mike White at this particular point in his career. Colts, all the way for me. Poor Michael from his sickbed has also made his pick, and he is making it a full house, gents, I believe. Well, let, let's see. Everyone, sorry I can't be on tonight. Uh, thanks everyone for joining in. As always on the Irish NFL show. Uh, Colts against the Jets tonight. Obviously an interesting game. It probably would have been it probably wouldn't have been interesting until last Sunday. First off, the Colts. Carson I really felt bad for Carson Wentz on Sunday. Like like to mess up once, but then to mess up twice again where it literally does cost you the game against the Titans. Massive, massive mistake. On the other side there, looking at Jets, Mike White looks like a fresh stud, boys. I know he had a couple of mistakes, but like, look, 
to come back against the Bengals, albeit there was a few errors on the Bengals side, to still come back, to put up that many touchdowns, that much yards. I'm going to go with the Jets tonight. I think they're going to get it done 24-21. I don't think Jonathan Taylor and the Colts will do as well as everyone says they're going to do. And I think Carson Wentz might be a bit rusty from last week, and I think his confidence might be shot. This is a time, if you're in New York, New Jersey, the Jets believe. I've seen Peter Schrager saying that at the minute, the Jets fans believe it's their city, it's it's their team. I know, Brian, you'll love that. But the reality is, if Mike White goes out again and plays well tonight, what are we going to start talking about next week? Zach Wilson seems supportive. I think Mike White goes out. This is his career tonight. This is a huge game for him. Primetime football. I'm going to get him 24-21. I'm going to say that Mike White has two touch, two, two passing touchdowns, 340 yards, um, and they win the game by a touch, or well, well, by, by a field goal. I'm taking the Jets, J-E-T-S. I'm not taking away from it. See you on Saturday Night Live at 10 p.m. Of course he didn't make it a full house. Of course. I, I knew it. I absolutely knew it. <laughs> love it. Love it, Michael. Um, so Michael is going on the Jets just like he did a couple of weeks ago uh, as well in relation to it being the lone wolf on them this evening. Jets fans, you have a, a Lord and Savior who believes in you this evening. His name is Michael McQuaid. Um, Gents, before we close up, a couple of comments coming in from people. Their own Farrell predicted it. He's gone for the Jets, hasn't he? And instantly followed up with a, a bingo. Uh, Fred, yeah, we're laughing too. It's It's been good fun in relation to that. Um, any other things there? Darren, obviously, thanks for coming. Great having him on. It was great to have him on, even if I came into the middle of two. I mean, the New York Giants. Um, good point that Owen throws up there, guys. George Kittle being back this weekend. Is he right? He's right. It should be huge for 49ers. One of the best tight ends in the league. But is it too late? I sorry, Connor. Given given what the Rams have have done, uh, you'd have to to say um, it's going it's going to be extraordinarily difficult. And and yes, the the cards have obviously uh, lost JJ, but. Uh, you you would say the it's it's difficult to see how that three teams, given the rest of the NFC, uh, will make it from that division. I think it might be a little bit um, too kittle too late. I think they have a fair opportunity. I think if you look at um, the Panthers are in the seventh place as a wild card at the moment, um, and okay, we didn't expect them to win last weekend. Uh, I think the 49ers are well capable of going on a run. They have the players there. It's all about injuries for me with this team. The Kittle's coming back at the right time. Big game this weekend. They've got to win this game on Sunday against the Cardinals at home. Uh, Kyler Murray hasn't practiced most of the week. He still has that lingering injury. So it'll be interesting to see how he comes from, comes out of that and play. He will play. But if the 49ers have any chance, they got to win this win next weekend. We picked them last weekend. Well, I know Colin with the Bears, but by and large, Judiciary picked them. They, they'll beat teams like the Bears in to step up now and win a game like this on Sunday against the Cards. We we will have to see, boys, how the Bengals bounce back, how the, you know, all the teams that were surprised the weekends come back on in relations where we'll have to see, obviously, if the Dolphins and Lions can do anything. And as Fred asked, like, Brian Flores, how long do you give him? Um, yeah, that is going to be one of the questions for the rest of the season. Probably not that long, to be honest with you. Um Gents, uh, we're going to wrap up. We're going to keep it nice and succinct tonight because we are, as I said, just to give you a reminder as what's coming up this week on the Irish NFL show. We are tomorrow night with the one, the only Scott Pioli in a special show with him, uh, which was which is great to have him on the show. And Saturday night, we'll be back live, as Bill O'Hurley and Colin Cronin sometimes call it. We will be back live on live. Saturday night to... Uh, Give all the roundup and the build-up to the big Sunday night games. Talk about it in detail. Hopefully, Mr. McQuaid will be back alive with us as well to join us. And JoJo had the song Too Little Too Late, but Colm has topped it now with Too Kittle Too Late. 
Fantastic. <laughs> Can, cannot recommend that Scott Pioli interview uh, highly enough. He is, uh, he's a gentleman, he's a scholar, and he's an incredible leader. He offered us some really wonderful insights, um, and I think people will, will really, really enjoy it. And uh, looking forward to uh, live, live on Saturday evening. Uh, should be good to uh, to go through all the games. And thanks, obviously, to everyone getting in the, uh, the comments this evening. Uh, that's the the best part of going live is the ability uh to you know uh kind of interact so uh thanks to everyone for uh for getting those in just one final one for me uh, he may or may not be watching but i just want to congratulate the cabbage again mr alan stafford who won our fantastic prize of a game chair the headset and a subscription to nfl game pass will be in touch and uh, we'll be in touch with the cabbage cabbage 092 that's some, that's some Twitter handle. Um, absolutely, Brian. A great prize there that we're offering during the month. And uh, congratulations to our winner there. Thanks to all the viewers. Thanks to you two boys. It's a pleasure as always. We will see you all tomorrow night and Saturday night and Monday night. We're here with all the NFL news. Look forward to seeing you again, gents. Take care and have a good night, everyone. Enjoy Thank Thursday you. night football. Cheers.